Amen. Thank you so much. You can be seated. Praise Him. Thank you for coming in. Um, man, it's funny. Um, I don't know. I'm not a musician. Like, I have zero musical talent. I say that all the time. And I say that because certain things have happened to me in ministry that I think people have, have doubted that I have zero musical talent. Um, I've been trying to, like, put on the spot to sing something. I don't sing. I don't even sing happy birthday when I'm at your kids' birthday parties. I just lip it. Like, that's all I do. That, like, it is no, there is not sound coming out. Um, but our praise team, when they come in in the morning, um, it's, it's great. Um, and they, it's just such joy and everything when they're, when they're up here warming up and practicing. Um, and they're preparing. And um, it's, it's, it's an awesome thing to be able to come in here and know that um, that, that, that kind of preparation, that kind of heart is, is doing what it's doing um, even ahead of all of us getting here. So I just want to say thank you so much to them uh, for what they do. This morning, um, we're going to be actually wrapping up our time in this uh, summer series that we've been doing called Adulting, uh, and we're going back into, starting next week, we're going to be back into our study of the book of Acts. Um, so if you have had a good kind of stretch your legs break from our study of the book of Acts, great. you got a lot of energy going back in. Um, if you are excited to jump back in and you've said, hey, I, I, like, I've really been anxious to get back in, that's great. I'm excited. If you're like, oh no, Acts again. Um, no pity. We're going there anyway, okay? Uh, we're we're going to jump right back in, so I can't wait to get started next week. Um, this week, um, I, there's really and truly, I, there, were, there, were two, there were two messages that when originally started praying over kind of what we've been talking through and stuff. There were, there were two messages that we're just not going to do, um, and, and for no bad reason, um, just over the last few weeks, I really felt like um, God was pointing us to this passage, and... Um, I just got to be honest with you, I just want to tell you that up front because I hope it kind of piques your listening this morning because th this particular Sunday morning time that we're going to have and the content we're going to be in, this was uh, for sure for me, this was never on my radar when, when we started just really kind of talking through and praying through some things for these few weeks. So my anticipation is, whether it's for, for myself, for you, for all of us, whatever it is, I really believe this is one of those Sunday mornings because of that kind of real strong um, shift in direction leading from the Lord and, and seeing evidence of it that, that for somebody, for, for all of us, for something, I, I believe we should really anticipate God really speaking well through, through what, he, um, what he's going to present to us this morning. So um, when, when I saw this kind of direction changing um, and, and I was thinking about where we're going to be, um, we're going to be kind of on two lanes. Um, so if you know me at all and you know the ADHD struggle that exists within my world, you're probably like, this is a bad idea. Probably is, but I believe that these two passages we're going to kind of go parallel with for this morning are really going to help us. So, so number one, if, you're, if you want to flip back and forth, if you have a, a, a Bible, a paper copy especially, and you're not swiping, um, James 1 and Matthew 14, James 1 and Matthew 14. Now, Matthew 14 isn't going, um, it's, it, it's an unbelievable account, but now it's, it's not, um, not going to match everybody's life situation. It's, it's one single account that we see Jesus working in. But, but the way that it complements and, and makes some connections across with James 1, I think is really worth us um, looking at. So we're going to be talking about Really some of our, um, what, what our goal is, what kind of what our perspective is for life, kind of how we see our life, how we see the Lord working. Um, so there's a hashtag that, that really intrigued me because my interaction with social media is um, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a quick quick in and quick out. Like I jump on for certain things, but, but I struggle with, uh, I struggle a lot with my own just self-worth um, 
self-esteem, like whatever you want to say, like it's self-whatever, like I, I just struggle. Anything that follows the word self, I struggle with, okay? So I, I, I can't stay on social media a lot because the, uh, if you've ever experienced this, the struggle of comparison, like and you just know what it does to your soul, like that's why I have to disconnect from social media. That, that, that comparison thing just really, um, it really can drive you to a dark place. So I, I have to unplug. But, but so I, I kind of dabble a little bit when I kind of come in and out of social media. And one of the hashtags um, that has become kind of my favorite is, um, and, and I looked it up, there's 6.1 million um, million posts on Instagram with the hashtag um, living my best life, living my best life. Now, um, I love, if you, and, and I would encourage you, if you're on Instagram, look this up because it is hilarious and it's really, it, it's really insightful for I think just kind of what, um, what, where someone is at that stage of life. A lot of the posts are side-by-sides, you know, kind of like this was me, you know, nine months and however many pounds ago, and now this is me now. I love those. Um, I kind of want to like do those posts, but just find somebody that's totally not me. Like I want to go the, the reverse direction. Like I want to find somebody that's like really good looking and in shape. Like one of the Jones brothers just be like, this was me six months ago, and then this happened. Like I just woke up two weeks ago, and that's just it. Like that's where I live now. I think that would be hilarious. Um, but some of it's side-by-side stuff. And, 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 it's, and you can tell that in their mind, kind of their best life is, Hey, this is, what, this is what I was experiencing. This is what I'm experiencing now. Now, the missing link that we all know exists is the effort that it takes to get from point A to point B. Now, some of the stuff, and this is really what cracks me up, a lot of, I mean, a lot of those 6.1 million posts, my best, living my best life, is someone by themselves. Like, they've created kind of like the perfect environment. Like, they're sitting by a window. Their hair is falling perfectly the coffee is turned like so you know that it's expensive coffee, but you don't see the label completely on what it was. Like it's it's just so perfect, and you know that on the other side of that camera is the person that they've been yelling at because they've taken like forty-seven pictures to get to that one, and they're like just scrolling like, okay, that's mine. And and it, and it makes me laugh because I'm like, so is living your best life just alone? Like, or, or like have you kicked some people off the island? Um, and some of it just even gets down to like dogs and sunglasses. I don't know why, but that's, that's a, that is a remarkable number of people who my, living my best life is a dog in sunglasses. I don't know what that's about. I tried to put sunglasses on my dog yesterday, and it didn't work. Um, so I'm, I'm not living my best life, or at least she's not. 6.1 million people really are kind of aimed at this, this concept and are, are kind of communicating this. And I think it's not something that just people are, are posting, but it's, it's really a, a thing that we, that we do as adults is we try to figure out, okay, wh- what do I want to experience in life? What do I want life to be like at this current moment? What do I want in? What do I want out? What do I want changed? What do I want to stay the same with? Now, in comparison, and then I got curious. I was like, well, well like... In comparison to living my best life, like what other things are, are, are really as prominent? Um, so I, I searched on Instagram, hashtag world peace, because that's what all beauty contestants are, are really hoping for. So I thought, hey, like, hashtag world peace, like how many? 1.2 million, drastically behind living my best life. Like world peace is almost falling off the charts of one of our goals. Um, then I got really curious, hashtag humility. It's kind of an oxymoron. Like I was like, oh, this is kind of ironic. Are people actually hashtagging humility? Um, 1.1 million um, posts I found on that. Hashtag Jesus. Jesus is still winning over living my best life, okay? want to rest assured, 46.6 million. Now, however, Jesus saves not doing so hot. 1.1 million posts. 
right? So, so just Jesus is doing much better than just his, his, his saving, evidently. Um, Jesus loves you half as many as living my best life. Um, I, I, I also searched hashtag Pastor Derek. There were 12 posts. I was none of them. <laughs> I don't know who the, like, the random seven Pastor Derek's are, but um, they, uh, they've each got like two people talking about them. So just as a perspective, um, th- there's a verse in, in, in James that we're going to read in just a minute. And, and I don't know if, if you kind of would come up with a statement of um, what would be a good statement to say, okay, that's the kind of life that I would, I would put effort in for. Because I think we all know, we all know that, that whatever life that we ultimately want, um, it, it's going to take some measure of effort. Um, and, and, and I think to, to get the best version of that, realistically, we ought to kind of rationalize through it. It's going to take potentially great effort. Um, and, and at least setting aside some things to be able to gain in those areas. So I, I want to offer this one to you. If, if you. if your life could be described this way, now I'm assuming you, you're like me. You've, you've lived long enough to where you know um, that just having everything, number one, is not possible, and having everything doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make your life better. Can we agree on that? Right. So, so it's not just about stuff. We know that. Um, but so, so let's go off this. If your life could be defined this way, and just, you know, if you don't mind, kind of by head nod, because this would kind of let me know kind of that we're all on the same page, or I'm just totally off in left field like normal. Um, if, you could, if you just kind of head nod, if, if I could describe your life and my life this way, um, a life that lacks nothing. How does that land for you? Like a head nod, yes, is like, yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds pretty good. Okay. Now, when I hear that, I, like for me, where, where I kind of go to is, that doesn't mean that I've got everything, but if I'm going to look around and go, okay, is there, what, what significance am I missing? None. So, so here's the verse, though, and I, and, and, and I don't want you to think that I tricked you, but I, I basically did. Um, verse 2 in James 1 begins this way, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters. So that's the audience other believers in Jesus Christ, other saved people. Whatever you ex- whenever you experience trials, now that word trials is, is, is a tough processing word. That, that is when you go through, that tri- a trial is a difficult set of circumstances. Okay, When you experience various trials, that's a big umbrella, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, you may not find that really reassuring, and, and, and sometimes I don't. When, when, when I'm thinking about, okay, what, what is the value of me going through this difficult circumstance in life? Um, to be able to make it through more of life. That doesn't necessarily immediately reassure our soul, okay? So let, let's give it some time to kind of really land well. That it produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect. So in other words, um, it, as, a, as a healthy perspective as a Christian, um, we can't, we can't, set, we can't really fall into this trap of, okay, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it through one, turf, one tough circumstance, or I'm going to kind of make it through this one rough patch, and, and then that's just going to provide everything. No, it says that, that endurance um, has, to have, has to take its full effect. In other words, this is going to be a journey, a, a, a path over time. We're going to have to go through some stuff to be able to get to this point. But when it has its full effect, it says, so that you may be mature, complete, lacking Nothing. So, so this passage, I believe, kind of begs this question. If, if I would respond favorably to this concept of life of, um, I, I, would, I would desire a life that could be described as 
through, through God's working especially, I would lack nothing than, than according to wisdom of Scripture here, the, the, the half-brother of Jesus being inspired by God through the Holy Spirit writing this, then to arrive at that point, it would then become necessary for me to have gone through some things in life that I may not on my own have written into my own story. Now, and, and, and that's just kind of a perspective, kind of an openness that we need to have our minds on because as, as, as adults, we, we realize, like when you go in, and I, and I love asking kids, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Now, if I go back here to our kids' ministry, I walk into a room, especially if you could get um, some of the guys together, and you say, all right, guys, what do you want to be when you grow up? Man, what, some of the stuff you get, is, and some of it's like the, the big um, saving people jobs that they just fall in love with firemen, police officers, doctors, nurses, all stuff. But, but with, with boys especially, especially once they start playing sports, well, you, you know what you start getting? I want to be a professional basketball player. I want to be a professional baseball player. Now, we here at Reedy Fort Community Church, um, we, don't, we don't just go around crushing kids' dreams. But you and I both know the kid that has tripped three times already over nothing being in that room and only has trophies that everybody else has for participation is not on the fast track to the NBA, MLB, or NFL. Like, we know that. But we're not out there just crushing dreams. But, but that's, that's, the way, that's the way young minds and young hearts dream. And that's great. We love shooting for big goals. But as adults, we should never stop shooting for big goals, but we should have developed and should be still developing an adult concept of, okay, Lord, let, let me understand life better than I did in years past. I want to live the life that you're calling me to. I want to experience you. But, but I, but I want to be at a healthy place when I do that. So, Lord, help me with my expectations. Set me up well, Lord, for what, um, what I could experience. Um, it says this, and, and this is a key connection. Now, if you, and, and I'm not going there this morning, but there's a really great path between trials and temptation in James chapter 1. And it specifically says that God is, not, God is not tempting us. In other words, God's not trying to, and, and the key term there is draw us away, draw away. And, and, and God's not trying to draw us away from himself. He's not trying to draw us towards sin. But there is this great connection in here, if you have time to study it, between um, a trial that could ultimately become a temptation because it gets exposed to what the Bible calls our evil desires. In other words, the, um, the, the, the selfishness in me that wants certain things that are not godly. When, 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 they, when those two things get together, um, it, it actually used the word conceive. There's a little bit of romance there because my desires want to tend to pull me away from the Lord in difficult situations and, and, and really create this desire and conceive this desire for me to experience sin. Um, there's, a, there's a phenomenal path to kind of see how that works in our lives. And, and really, it, I mean, it, it, is, it just tells us very simply how far, um, how far that will take us. And, and, and it ends with this description of what is, is very clearly uh, death and separation. Okay? And, and that doesn't necessarily mean that my physical life ends, but, but have you ever felt like just things are dead spiritually? I think we know kind of what that feels like, and, and, and that also is in that same category. Right now, we're just kind of staying here in these trials. But a connection between trial and even what temptation looks like, we find in verse 5. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, wisdom, wisdom and understanding. Listen, y'all, as, as, as grown-ups, we've got to get this. We've got to know this, whether, whether we're, we're, we're working with someone that's much younger than us or, or applying to our own life. We've got to really get this, this thing of wisdom and understanding is, is this great key to how we see our life and how we understand the things that are going on. Um, I, I think sometimes we really just go, okay, things will kind of just work out. 
And, and if you've ever seen what my schedule looks like, like sometimes I think my schedule reflects, hopefully everything just gets done today. Like hopefully this is like we make it to all the places we want to go. Um, but, but we kind of live that way, but we can't, we can't practically live that way when it comes to really understanding what our life is, what God is doing in it. It says now that you, now if you have lack wisdom, he should ask God. So that's the direction we, could, we should go to. The Bible doesn't say if you lack wisdom, if you lack understanding, find the best friend you've got and go ask them. I mean, if, you really, if you really don't um, have the wisdom and understanding about what's going on in your life, dive into like this great book by a great author. As, as a Christian, if we are primarily going to any source but God, we're not getting the wisdom that he can provide. I, I had a chance to have um, breakfast with a friend of mine yesterday. And we're talking about the things that God is speaking, us, speaking to us about in life. And particularly, I'm spending some time with him about him. He's sharing what God is doing in his life. That was a great conversation. But in that conversation, I, I'm, 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 I walked away from it going, man, I, I, just, I really need to encourage this guy to really be seeking the Lord more and more and more right now because the, the, like, I, I appreciate his time. But I know, um, and, and, and I think we all do, the sin that lives inside of us. And, and depending on um, a, a single human being to be godly enough for us to get full godly wisdom is a, is a risky thing, right? It's a risky thing. It says that we should, we should know that direction. We should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. Now, pl please look at the structure of this verse, because this, um, this is a great truth for us to really ground ourselves in. It, it's, it's not just, if you ask, it will be given. If you, if you look at what is really this, this hinge part of this verse, when it talks about God, it says, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly. In other words, the assurance, of, of the, the assurance that we have in receiving understanding does not stem from how effectively we ask, but it comes from the quality of God's character. Have you ever just struggled because you don't feel like you're hearing the Lord and you're like, well, may, like, maybe I'm just not asking right. Maybe he just doesn't speak to me. And, and we, we tend to, in our life, turn so many things back towards ourself. And, and, and we, we, it's man, such an easy slip into just being egocentric to go, okay, it's, it's, it's about what I'm not doing or it's about what I am doing or what I need to do. And, and just the fact that we know we can have confidence that we can gain understanding and wisdom is all based on who God is and how he works, not in, okay, let me kind of ask the right way. Um, my youngest son, I, I have three sons. Um, the oldest one is, he's grown. He's like fully grown. He's, he's, he's like somewhere between 6'2 and 6'3. Yes, he gets all the stuff off the high shelves at my house. I don't do that. Um, it's embarrassing to stand beside your son on a stepladder. I'm self-aware. So like he's too big, he's too grown to get a lot of pity. Okay, you, you know what I'm saying? Like once your, your kid becomes, they look like a grown-up and a, an adult, you're like, yeah, you're, you're good, you're on your own. Now my middle son, he's like me. He's too sarcastic to get a lot of pity. But my, my youngest son is still kind of like, he's, he's, he's cresting over into middle school. He's got a great set of dimples. He's the smallest child we have, so he's the most cuddly child we have. And, and he's still at that point where I heard my wife say yesterday, he came in, he kind of like was, he was trying to get what he wanted. And he was just, he was asking in just the right way. And I actually heard Wendy say, you know what, yeah, yes, you can have it, and, and please understand, you totally got that because you just smoothed me. She, so in other words, you knew how to ask. Right? And, and he's at that stage. 
but, but we can't make the mistake that, that it's, it's so much in my power to ask right that it depends on me. This is all based on the character, the quality, and the, and the, and the almighty existence of God our Father. Um, I want to step into, I told you, Matthew chapter 14. So let's, let's go into there for, um, for, for a few verses. Now, so here's the point of going into Matthew um, 14. This is a very popular biblical event. Um, Jesus is, it, it starts between the feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus walking on the water. Um, I don't know what your highlight reel looks like, but that's a pretty impressive highlight reel, okay? You just fed about, actually about 20,000 some people, <clears throat> and you're getting ready just to take a stroll on liquid, liquid, okay? That's, that's, that's crazy. So, so between that, he spends some time in prayer. The reason we're going to go into this is, and, and I want to tell you this, in all fairness to Peter and the other disciples, in this event, they don't have six months worth of a struggle to flesh this kind of asking for wisdom and understanding out, Okay? What, what they're experiencing is momentary experiences and events that kind of go pop, pop, pop. Now, I want you to hold this thought in your mind as we read this. How would, how would things be different if they had greater wisdom and understanding? If they had received greater wisdom and understanding, if they had really pursued the Jesus that they were living with, and they had greater wisdom and understanding, how could things have been in ways different? Because I believe that's a good application for our life. Um, sometimes... The, the struggle, the trial that we go through seems really long and drawn out. And, it's, it, and we kind of see these markers where we could seek for wisdom and understanding as we're walking through it. And then sometimes we, we kind of wake up to, man, if I had the real wisdom and understanding God would, would, really wants to give me, I would have done everything differently in yesterday or today or this morning in that one conversation. So we, we experience both. So we're going to be in Matthew 14 for this. Um, this is speaking about Jesus in verse 22. It says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Jesus came toward them, walking on the sea very clearly in the morning. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Jesus' response, verse 27, immediately Jesus spoke to them, Have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Now, this is the beginning of what we can look at as, as a testing, a trial in the disciples' life. Okay, Now, um, what, what, what can we not argue when, when someone's going through a test or a trial? We can't argue the visible signs. We can't argue the things that don't pass the eye test. Peter is in a literal physical storm that is raging because the winds are so violent. That's happening. Um, they, they have been on the water in this story up to the point that Jesus strolls up about six hours. Okay? So if, if you've ever been on a, a, a boat, especially if you've ever been in the deep sea, or, or, or you've been in a lake area, and, and it's violent, I mean, just kind of think of all right, a six-hour stretch into this in the dark. Like, what would your what would your posture be like? What would your patience be like? What would your temperament be like? Th like, these are unarguable things, but they're they're part they're parts of the testing. They're parts of the trial. So we can't just we can't just set those into a negative category because th they're part of what God is doing now. 
it, it said in James, it talks about how this is, this is something that the Lord does. I don't know of any more literal example that we can look at than the words, immediately he made them. Like, like Jesus wasn't, hey, you ever ask a group of people, and that is the most, and, and I think this is like, this is almost godly wisdom for when like a family picks the place to eat lunch on Sunday. Like Jesus didn't ask them, hey, what's everybody want to do? Right? Have you ever asked your family, where's everybody want to go eat? You should have just picked up a two by four and hit yourself in the head. It, it's just, I mean, like, it's, it's this, I mean, you're going to do it anyway. Like, like, you should have just said, you know what, let's just, I'm, I'm tapped out. Let's just lock them in the room, and when they send out a piece of paper under the door, then I'll unlock the door and, and, and let them know. But it, it's like, he, he didn't ask them, hey, what's everybody want? Jesus was up to something. Now, here's how quick, here's how quick that we make this about ourselves. I, I, I was reading um, a, a, a very dependable author not Arthur, author, that, that wrote in a commentary about this passage. And he made the comment, he said, how wonderful was it that Jesus was in prayer over his disciples while they were struggling? Where does it say that? It says that nowhere in this passage. See, Jesus consistently did this in his life. He spent time with the Father in prayer, alone many times, really pushing back other distractions. We've talked about that recently, um, about just kind of getting to the place of prayer that we need to be. Um, and, and he pushed so much of that stuff off because out of his time with the Father is where everything flowed from. So he took this very seriously. We have no indication that what Jesus prayed for when he was alone had anything to do with the ones that were on the boat. But as the story continues, the one thing we do know is Jesus and, and, and our Heavenly Father were in control of all of it. So it, it kind of begs this question. Who's the main character in the story? Because when I'm experiencing something difficult, I can tell you who the main character is. It's this guy. But Jesus was up to time that he needed with the Father for reasons that we don't even fully know, which, which kind of like holding back some of that information, I think is our souls being called into. Jesus is always up to a lot. And, and, and sometimes the very thing that's going on, and, and, I, and I don't, I'm going to say this about myself because I don't want to offend you. It, it, I have to be reminded sometimes, maybe everything that's happening isn't about me. Like it's, it's, not, it's not something bad, sinful that I've done. It's not something that I deserve as a past punishment. It's, it's, it's really just what the Lord is up to. And I don't, I don't have the full picture yet to even be able to assign who is this about. I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bubble burster. Because even in that commentary, very dependable author, like he, he went there, I think, kind of instinct, instinctively kind of wanting Jesus to be so concerned that he's, he's highlighting us. But it doesn't say that. That detail's not in there for us. Um, and, and if Jesus exists as the main character, if, if I'm a Jesus follower, I'm living with Christ. And, and, and if you, you remember back when we used the mirror um, with the light example, um, and this has been a little while ago, but we talked about just what does it look like to reflect the light of Jesus. If, if that's really what's happening in my life, then, then that does mean that Jesus is the main character because it's his reflection through my life. And if he's the main character, um, it, it's going to... Some of the wisdom he's going to give me and you, I believe, is, 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 the, um, is the Paul's mentality enough to say, let me not jump, let me not jump too quick to just make this about me or, or, to, or, to, or to dive in and put myself into this and, and really pause a minute and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to need your, if this is your story, I'm going to need your help 
And I'm, I'm, I'm going to need your notes on this to really get what you're up to. As, as it works through here, um, there's some very scared individuals. Um, you, you know what I find funnier than anything? Scared men. Well, maybe not anything. There's some other stuff that's funnier than that. But, but I always find scared guys hilarious. When, when I used to be a student pastor, um, we would go um, and, and we would do haunted trails. And then I, then I got um, tired of spending tons of money and supplementing haunted trails. So, so I was told by teenagers, they, they said this to me. They said, you can't scare us. I proved them wrong. I proved them wrong so bad they asked me to stop. Like, they said, can we just not do anything that involves any activity to Halloween? Like, I, like I told them, it's like, it's, it's open chat. Like, if you don't think I can scare, I can scare you. Like, I, I can, like, it can happen. And, and, and inevitably, it was, it's always so funny. It's, it's the guys that cave first. Girls will go into a dark, scary room. They'll engage in almost anything. But guys start to kind of demand themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, like, they would get up. Like, we would get to a haunted trail. And, and, and they're talking junk in, in the van or on the bus. But about halfway up, they're like, I got this cramp in my hamstring. I'm worried that, like, if I, like I got to run, it might pull. I might ought to, you know, how long is that line? And then by the time we get to the line, they're like, yeah, my, yeah we, you know, we ate pizza before we came, and it's not settling real well. I probably ought to just sit this one out and stay near the restroom. I'm like, no, you're scared. That's what you are right now. These guys are terrified. They're absolutely terrified. But in verse 27... Let's listen to the words of Jesus because they didn't have, to, they, I don't even know, I mean, I don't want to be unfair to them. Like, if for me to just stand here and go, hey, you should have, like, you should have stopped everything and been praying at that moment. Like, they had six hours, but I don't know that I, in, in those six hours, I would have been doing a lot of praying um, that was really for wisdom. It would probably be a whole lot more like, oh, Lord, just save me, just get me out of here. Um, and and that's, not a, that's not a useless prayer, but as we just started with this thesis out of James, it's, it's not the most effective prayer for all of our life. Wisdom and understanding, that's, that's going to get us somewhere. Jesus says this, immediately Jesus spoke to them, have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. So what do we have if we're looking at this as a sandwich? What are the two pieces of bread? Have courage, don't be afraid. What is the meat that's in the middle of that? Jesus just simply saying, it's me. So, so in, in the middle, even in the, even in the most intense middle of testing and trial, especially when we're really trying to, our heart is to seek the Lord, and, and, and if we can break from the struggle of our sinful desires, and we're not being drawn that way, like one, one of the greatest growth points and greatest intimate points in our relationship with Jesus is just to hear this idea and this concept and this truth that um, it, it's not even what Jesus can do, it's just that he's present and it's who he is that can chase away those fears. Like that, I mean, Jesus doesn't offer, like what, he doesn't offer anything else. And, and Jesus never sinned. He never said anything that wasn't just at the right time, just the right wording. So, so based on who we know Jesus is, that response was enough. And, and for somebody that's in the middle of a test or trial, I'm not going to stand here and say, hey, you're an awful person if you don't just hear that and, and suddenly just have peace rush over you. Sometimes for us, that, that's what it, again, what did, what did James say? It, full effect. But man, when, when, when we really grow in just who Jesus is, and the fact that the Holy Spirit in us when we're saved is Jesus with us, 
and we're not living to gain his approval, but we are approved in him. And, and, and we can rely on the promises, not because of how we live or respond always, but just because he can't lie. I mean, just the, the fact that he can't go back on that. He can't just pull that one back out of the pile. Like, it, just, just knowing that that is a truth that we can sink our teeth into can radically change our, our experiences and, and even up to seasons of our life. It, it can absolutely radically change everything um, because that, that is the calming of the fear factor. Um, I'm going to go back to James. Okay, we're flipping back over to James. It's because where we left off, where we left off was we, we just said ask for, ask for wisdom, right? And, and based on who God is, you, you will receive. It. But, I, but, I, but we have to be also be fair to Scripture. Um, there's, there's a little bit of a formula. There's a little bit of secret to the asking. I know I said it, it, isn't in, it isn't about how well we ask, but the Bible does give us wisdom and truth about um, the posture that we're supposed to be in mentally, emotionally, spiritually when we ask for something. Because part of this, is just, part of this passage is just wisdom itself. So God wants us to know, um, here's how you can trust that you'll receive, but here's how you know almost certainly you won't receive what it is that you seek. Um, verse 6 says, but let him, that's the person who belongs to Christ, who's, who's asking, ask in faith. Two very simple words, but at times two, two big words that we may get tripped up on. In faith just simply represents that, that when I ask, I need to ask trusting. And that trusting is not um, trusting you know, that, that, that um, God loves me. It, it's, it's trusting in who Jesus is. And, 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 and God is love. So, so what he does is always going to be loving. It, it's trusting in who he is and trusting that he will keep his word and trusting that um, my life is his that I'm living. And, and trusting in that, it helps me to be what we're getting ready to see is um, either in that way single-minded or what we're going to be warned about, which is being double-minded. And it says, but ask in faith, without doubting. Now, if you're anything like me, I doubt myself on everything. Everything. I mean, I can go I can go to I can go to Target to pick up a pack of paper for church and on the way back I'm going, did I get the right brightness? Like is this the right weight? Should I've gotten cardstock? Maybe I'm not the only one using this. I should probably return it and just save the money. Like I, I doubt everything. Everything. So when it says doubting here, it doesn't mean that you or I won't have questions. But the doubting is anchored into, if, if, if I'm doubting really functionally and qualitatively who God is. In other words, this, um, I'm going to ask for wisdom. Okay, this, this would be kind of the, the double-minded example. I'm going to ask for wisdom, but you know what? I just don't believe that God speaks to me. That, that would be double-minded. That would be, um, I, I'm going to ask, so there's a target that I should be asking. But you know what? I, just don't, I, don't, I don't believe God ever speaks to me. Um, we, we, we listen to a lie of Satan and, and we start to believe it and just, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to get an answer. And, and ultimately, this is what it says about that person. For the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. So, so the expectation, we, here's an adult perspective. If I come with my allegiance divided, with, with, with my loyalty divided, believing that, okay, yes, God is somewhere mythically up in heaven, but, but, but I just don't know that he's really going to work right now and, and really doubting that, then, then the truth of God's word says, 
it's going to be very difficult to expect to receive something from the Lord. Now, does that mean that we won't experience anything God does? No. Note the word receive. Take ownership. Have it come into us and hold it and keep it and own it. And, and it really become our, our DNA of our life. That would be the receiving in this. And, and, and being having our minds really twisted up in those ways starts to remind us, okay, like just this path, this journey, this, this, this season of, of gaining wisdom and understanding is, is, is really going to have as part of it me acknowledging what are, the, what are the lies that I believe that Satan's wanted to convince me of. God, where do I doubt you? Where do I think you work differently for someone else than you do for me? Where are these things? How have I fell into this, 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 this path, Lord, of, of I, I kind of present myself this way as, as hypocrite means in their culture to take off the mask? Um, how have I put the mask on in this environment? But, but really, I, that, that wasn't who I was at, at heart level. And, 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 and we wonder, when, when we have that struggle going on, we, we get so frustrated. Why don't we hear from the Lord? And then Satan says, you know what, you're not hearing from the Lord. And even God acknowledges. That's a, that's a tough spot to be in to really be able to receive and take ownership and the understanding and the wisdom that he wants to give our lives. Now, again, I want to go back to something I said. Questions. The Bible, I mean, look through the Bible. God, God is a tough God. He never backs off from questions. When, when, when you and I just don't get it, God's not scared of that. But, but we can totally have huge question marks and still go, God, I'm coming to you. We can come with a, with, a, with, a, with a dedicated heart to say, Lord, it is you that I'm coming to, and it's you that I'll hear from, and it's you that I'll wait on. And we can do the work in our lives to know the ways that God speaks so that we can be confident that we're hearing him. Pursuing wisdom from the Lord is not our last-ditch effort. It's meant to be our primary pursuit. Um, let's jump back to, to Matthew 14. In verse 28, Peter's going to respond now to Jesus's, it's, it's, it's me, it's okay. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Jesus' response, come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Um, when, when it says, you of little faith, that, that's not Jesus saying, Hey, come on, you've got to manufacture some more faith here. You've got to believe bigger. Just, I mean, go, go I think it's... Um, Matthew 17, maybe just a few chapters down, and, and Jesus clearly talks about what, what, um, what faith the size of a mustard seed can do. He says, if you have that, that, that amount of faith, you can say this mountain move and it will be moved. You know, faith in, 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 in whatever measure you have it, biblically in Matthew, moves immovable objects and erases doubt in whatever measure you feel like you have it. The, the key is, What's the object of your faith in mind? It, it's, 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 not the, it's not the volume that he's saying is the problem here. It's, it's the object that he struggled with. The object of the faith was supposed to be Jesus. And because he, if, he, if, the, if the issue was just the amount of faith Peter had, he, he would have just stopped at, you of little faith. He would have ended it right there. 
But he comes back and says, why did you doubt? As if just with the amount of faith he had, he didn't have to doubt. He didn't have to, he didn't have to miss um, he, he didn't have to miss that it was Jesus that said, yeah, walk, take the same walk that I'm taking. And because of who Jesus is, because he did it, and Jesus says, you'll, you'll do the things that I do. He, Peter was invited into the same walk. Everything happened for that walk to be a success. It wasn't the amount of faith, it was, it was the object of the faith. And, and, and here I think we see some of the danger in um, life when it's... Um, the sum of our experiences. And, and this is what I mean. Uh, um, Peter here um, went from fear. He experienced fear. Um, he, 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 he dabbled a little bit in boldness and said, okay, Jesus, like, tell me to come out there and I'll jump out there. Like, if you say yes, I'll say yes. And then after that, though, those experiences, as they were processing in his mind, just got trumped by the experience of this mighty rushing wind that he had seen evidence of for six hours. And, and when we just try to take experience, 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 and add them all up to get clarity, that, that's risky. That's shaky. Because what, what, what wins in the end? Okay, Peter had six hours of wind, wind, wind. He had a few steps of big faith. What he had overwhelming experience in reigned over in his fear and started getting him, causing him to sink. So in my life, if I say, okay, God, you, you've, you know, I experienced this, and, and, and I don't really process it through or seek him on it, but I experienced this, I experienced this, I experienced this, and I take them all, and then out of my experiences, I try to gain clarity, that's shaky because, again, it's based off, on, it's based off of the best that I can understand. But if instead of that, I say, okay, God, it, you know, for whatever's going on in life right now, and, and whatever's gone on in the past, present, and future, God, give me wisdom and understanding. Help me. Help me understand, number one, as, as we keep seeing repeated, God, who are you? Who's Jesus? Because that's who I'm living for. That's who I'm living with. Like, who are you? What, what do you do? How do you operate? And then that becomes, that becomes the lens that we are able to better view our experiences um, of, of month or and a half ago or something, um, my niece and nephew are twins. They graduated um, from Page High School. And my job was to gather our family, right? That was my gift to my sister for graduation. I gathered the family, got all the parents and everybody kind of in once. Like, I, I did the gathering, and then I was supposed to do the picture taking, okay? I, I'm the one that has the camera with the longest shot lens, so that was kind of my job for, for the graduation. Um, when I'm taking pictures of my niece and nephew, um, they are... Um, they, they are not tall people, okay? Um, I'm not going to call them short, but they're not tall people. So, so um, they were behind a group of students who were a little bit taller than them, so I'm trying to focus in on them. And, and the lens that I have my camera on, I'm not really paying attention. I'm just snapping pictures because I'm just thinking, I'm trying to just catch the experiences. When they walk around here, when they do this, when they do this, when they do this, I'm just trying to catch experiences. So I'm just snapping, right? And, and, and a lot of my pictures... Are just are, they're just out of focus because especially this one random kid I don't know who he is but if I could ever find out who he is and know who his pants are I've got some phenomenal pictures of this kid at graduation like I basically I should have just tracked him his whole life from like nursery up to up to twelfth grade I've got great pictures of this guy but because my niece and nephew are just behind him many times in the pictures they're out of focus 
because I was just snapping experiences and I wasn't focused in on, I've got to get clarity. I've got to get clarity so I can, I can view the experience well. Does that make sense? It does in my mind, but I don't think I'm very smart, so I don't know if that really makes sense to you. So, so, so that, that's, that's the difference. Like it, I, I, I didn't sharpen it. Like I didn't take it off automatic, and I, I didn't put it on manual and put effort into, I've got I to sharpen this picture. So for many things, I have experiences out of focus. And, and, and that's the, the seeking wisdom and understanding all along in our life will ensure that our experiences will be sharper, more focused, and I believe we'll ultimately get to that definition of I, I, I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Jesus, um, as, as he speaks to Peter here, um, he, he doesn't, he, he's not, I, don't, I don't believe he's just, he's angry. I, I believe Jesus' righteous frustration kind of is always reflected in Jesus knows, as it says in Isaiah, God knows our, his thoughts are higher than ours, his ways are higher than ours, so what he's up to and, and what he thinks is bigger than us and higher than us. And, 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 and God just sees the gap, right? Like he knows what we could receive and he sees what we experience. And I think as a, as a, as a loving father, he just has that heart where he's just like, I just, I, like, I just want more for you. Like I want you to receive it. But as a good father, he doesn't just, he doesn't just force us um, down that path. Um, the last, the last verse in this, and, and I want to encourage you this because um, if, you, if you're sitting here this morning, you're like, you know what, that's, that's been me. That's been me. I have gone experience to experience to experience. And, and, and listen to this, I don't want you to hear like you, that, that you're, you're a lost cause. Because God's wisdom and, and understanding, as I've said before already, it is good for the past. I mean, way back. Like, I have received, even in this last year of my life, some wisdom and understanding of things, I mean, reaching way back. And if I had have gotten it sooner and I had really um, looked to God for it sooner, whole, single-heartedly, man, it could have radically changed some things in my life. But I am grateful that I've gotten it at this point. Because I was double-minded. I was like, I don't understand this. And I didn't, what, the truth was, my, my, my one mind said, I don't want to understand it. I don't like it. Uh, but God, I know that you know more than I know. Like in that double, I, just, I never was able to receive it. So it, it, it reaches back. So it will clarify some things. It, it'll help now. And it'll also be good for the, for the, for the rapid-fire moments that we don't even know might be coming, like Peter experienced. But, but even if you haven't really sought the Lord in wisdom yet, Everything that God is working in our life is pointing us to Jesus. Notice what their reaction was. When they got into the boat, the, the wind ceased. Then, at that moment, the response to even just their experiences, um, then those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. That's the very first time that his disciples said, Jesus, you are the Son of God. So even when they didn't get it just right, when they didn't do it, maybe in the best order, man, in the goodness and grace of Jesus, he was still shaping their minds. But when they got that thought, when they got that understanding, you know what I believe they were really called to? They were called to be accountable to that understanding and to really then really learn, okay, who is Messiah? Who is the chosen Son of God? Who is it? Because that was going to make all the difference.
our praise team is going to be coming back up on our stage right now. But, but, but as they do, I want, to, I, want to, I want to ask you to kind of really consider the truth of God's word um, as we've traveled down these two paths. One just of kind of instruction and wisdom and then a, and then a true-to-life story that we see out of Matthew. And, and, and I want to caution you towards something. Be careful about just looking at those two things and saying, okay, God, where am I in this story? Because again, we got to check ourselves on making it too much about me. What, what, what I want to encourage you to is, to is to look at this, look at the truth, look at the, look at the example, and say, okay, God, what, what did you speak into this? What were you communicating through these things? What wisdom and understanding were you trying to give? And then go, okay, for, for, for not even for me, for those people involved, how would that radically have changed significant events of that story? And I believe you'll find a number of ways. But no matter what it would have changed, the storm was still the storm. It was still six hours on fairly open water while Jesus was in control but didn't feel close. And those are the kind of things that push our fears to want to get us to doubt. I can't even speak for you this morning. I, I just wish I would regularly use what I know more effectively. Because, I mean, some days, do you feel worn out and tired? Do you, do you feel exhausted with, like, questions and fear? Do you, do you feel like you're double-minded? Like, do you feel like, I'm just not receiving, I'm not here? Like, do you, you ever just go through that season where you experience that? If, if, I, if, I can't, if I can't convince you out of a story of my life or the, or the Bible necessarily, will, will you, would, you, would your heart please, your mind please, just pray over and seek God over just this, this one truth of, that's not God's intended design for me. Like, I, that, 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 that struggle, like, yes, I'm going to learn lessons. I'm going to... To build muscles, we have to put them under strain. We, we know God, we're creating God's image. So this concept just makes sense even in our own bodies and our thoughts and our understanding. But, but, but the struggle is not the great evil. It's the good that's working us towards something. And, and, and just be open to just trusting that, that, that Lord, your, your design for me is to know and understand more than I've ever known. And there is a seeking, there is a way of seeking that, that I will be able to receive that. And you're not withholding good news because of my bad. And Jesus, I can live my life with you as the main character in the story and not, not, not fail and being satisfied with, with all the goodness that that will in fact bring. And my prayer is that, that this, this, this truth this morning out of God's word is a, is a real tangible God and encouragement and it's written to people that know Jesus as Savior if you're confident in your relationship with Jesus that it exists I'm not even asking you to give it a, 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 a grade right now but just that it exists 
then you can sit here with the peace that this word was given by God through his heart, through a messenger to you. If you're unsure, if you're unsure about your relationship with Jesus, then I would love to make sure that you know that there is an invitation to you to enter into it. If you sense that, that God is speaking to you and, 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 and he's calling you, there, there's almost this thing of that there is something I should do towards him, for him, and, and, and you just know that you believe and you trust that, yes, the gospel of Jesus, his payment for sin and, and his, his resurrection that ushers us in a new life in him here and, and into eternity is real, and, and you just don't know that you've ever really surrendered your life to Jesus, I, wanna, I want you to know that you can do that this morning. That, that, that's not something that you have to proclaim in front of everybody. We want to celebrate and walk with you, but, but that's, a, that's a heart confession and prayer, seeking the Lord, saying, Lord, I, I, I need you. I believe in Jesus, and, and, and I'm coming to you for a relationship that only you can give me because I don't have it because of my good, but I'm not being withheld from it because of my bad. I want you to know that you can have that relationship, and if that's you this morning, please don't leave here without letting us know some way whether, whether on our cards, whether in conversation, and please, please, please let it be in conversation, um, but, but please don't leave here just, just kind of keeping that joy and that new relationship, that new life under wraps. Let's take a moment and just simply pray for God to start guiding in that relationship even as we leave here. If there's any other need that you have this morning, you're searching for understanding, you need some clarity, you, you desperately want the Lord to, to, to give in and be able to receive from Him over some things. We'll be open to pray now during this song and after the service with Him. Jesus, Lord, we come to You humbly. Lord, rem Lord, remembering that in humility, Lord, it's not thinking less of me, but it's thinking about me less. So, Lord, fill our hearts and our minds with the truth of God, who You are, what You can do into our lives. Um, Lord, how You anchor our souls. So in this moment, Lord, let our response just simply be accurate. God, to the truth of who you are, that, that your presence and your identity and just you are enough to, to, to chase away some fears right now, to set aside some things that we're gripping onto. Lord, Lord, your commands are enough to follow. God, you, because of who you are, will respond as we seek with a single mind for wisdom and understanding. And God, you, you haven't been silent, but Lord, maybe we've found ourselves in a place where it's been difficult to receive. And Lord, that's not, um, that, that's not you screaming at us, but Lord, that's you singing over us, saying, come back to me. Bring your heart, bring your stuff to me, Lord, so that, that we can receive the healing and the forgiveness and everything we need, God, to just be in, be in right relationship with you. So, Lord, help us to honor you in these moments with everything that happens now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to stand back up as our praise team.